Hello listeners, Yamina here. Welcome to this very special resilience episode of the Dr. GPCR podcast. While we work on bringing you weekly new episodes of the podcast starting in September, here is a previously never released conversation I had with a previous podcast guest. Before jumping into this episode, I want to take a moment to talk to you about the upcoming Dr. GPCR Summit held between September 14 and 18, 2020. This summit is unlike any other meeting you've attended, and we are very excited about it. Our goal is to allow everyone in the GPCR community to get access to talks through the entire length of the event, independently of their time zone. This means that presenters will have the option of providing a pre-recorded talk or giving a live presentation. Think of it as a Netflix type of GPCR summit. For more details, visit drgpcr.com summit 2020. If you have any questions, please join our Dr. GPCR club on LinkedIn. We also have a very special announcement to make. We are delighted to announce that we are joining forces with the Great Lakes GPCR retreat to bring you closer to GPCR research during a live training event held on September 18th, 2020. And now let's dive into our episode. Thanks again for being here with me today. Um, I wanted to step back a little bit and talk to you about the current pandemic and learn more about how you're dealing with it when it comes to your scientific research. It's a challenge. So first, of course, um, we all have a relative friends that may be affected by COVID-19 and, and personally I lost, a, it's not a, a, a direct relative, but um, someone in New York one of my daughters lives in New York, and, and through that, so we are very aware. And all of the students are in, in our lab, they're very aware of that, of course. So there's a lot of uh, stress related. Um, in terms of the science, we are very fortunate because we are part of the cancer center. In the cancer center, there is, um, um, so the cancer patients cannot wait. And, and we are right now operating in 93, 94% capacity. Uh, there are very strict regulations to enter in. This is separate. Um, it's not part of the hospital. It's separate building that enables us to have much more, um, you know, measurements uh, like uh, masking, etc. So there are many more approaches that can be done uh, very well, so that the patients feel feel safe and they are really safe. All of the uh, health, uh, um, so physicians and, and, and nurses have been screened. So this was so that, that provides an infrastructure where that stress, personal stress, become less 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 important in the sense that it's relatively safe. Um, what that enabled us working with our leadership at UCSD. So I'm part of I'm, I'm the associate director for basic science of the cancer center. So working with the cancer center director and, and our UCSD leadership, we we enable to work with them. So how to deal. Uh, with the current situation, so rather have a complete shutdown, as has been done in many places, uh, where you know many, many, I'm sure many mice and years of work has been lost, if not wasted. Uh, of course, safety is the, the top priority, it's no question for the patients, but also for the students. In our case, we did not need to do that, so we have been able to retain 
um, the, 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 the mice colonies there. So we, 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 we work out every detail. Uh, I was very lucky based on my experience at NIH also to, with the shutdowns at NIH. They happen very often. Uh, so to implement, so we, we basically here we all implemented the same. So basically to have really work, good working plants from liquid nitrogen to the mice. So we, we very quickly adapted to that. And regarding the, the physical presence of people, we make very clear that they do need to use masking, stagger, never uh, besides physical distancing. Um, we don't, uh, cannot be, uh, basically we, we work under the assumption of 10% occupancy max, 10, 15% never overlapping. So in that sense, we also identify the critical needs what can be stopped, you know, freezing cells in, in, in projects, what can be stopped, what cannot be stopped because it will be really damaging uh, for the career or for the and or the, 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 the research. And in, in this case, many of them oriented towards cancer patients, so we, we, we shouldn't. So we, we, we very quickly prioritize in using the same approach. What, what we did is to distribute for every member of the cancer center that are uh, research oriented. So we collected from everybody, every name of person that will be here with the understanding the limitations, the, the, the overall uh, percentage of time they can be here and develop like a contract with everybody. And, and basically, so with very few uh, exceptions um, of, of central or essential activities like the mice, for example, we also developed that nobody, nobody needs to be, to feel pressure to be here. So very important, specifically for, for the students. They don't need to, so to stay as limited as possible, but nobody should be pressured to do that. So we develop very quickly policies. In that sense, and, and using, um, and also part of the process, people need to explain what they plan to do for communication. So we have a communication plan. Zoom has been the major mechanism. So we have nice pictures with everybody. So we have very often, um, at least twice a week, we have um, meetings. Um, it became a new normal. And in, in that context became, I. I I, I shouldn't say that, but it became extremely productive. <laughs> so, because everybody, uh, we all have a, a, a projects that we have been accumulating data, yeah, besides yeah. writing review articles. Um, many people have not had time to analyze the data in, in, or reading, et cetera. So what, what we, we, we are we're focusing in our plan, internal plan is for, for context issues. Read, think, plan, and write. So in using that in, in certain communication, so content communication, it has, it's a tremendous impact personally in, in, in friends and in, in community wise, uh, but in principle we remain very, I would say our instruct, uh, uh, structure, uh, our community more important, our scientific community at large in UCSD, specifically in the cancer center, in our own lab, our team, we, we, we remain intact and, and ready to redeploy and at the same time, uh, mostly many people in our lab are doing a lot of bioinformatics. It's like heaven. So they are at home, contact. Uh, now we have many more ideas than we can handle for the next, for at least for the next five years. So you, you, you adapt and, and you take the positive and if you will, you, you, you cope with the negatives. And uh, so we are ready to be redeployed and we are developing right now the plans for re-entry, uh, which you of course, we include testing, which we, we have the testing capacity. So wow. we, will, we will emerge from this stronger, hopefully. 
hopefully hopefully we, we all have that hope and it's although it's a very difficult time for for a lot of us and for, for everybody and it's an they call it an unprecedented time because everyone on the planet is, is struggling with this but i think it's gonna we're gonna get out stronger on the other side and it's a good time to reflect and as you had mentioned you know write papers and analyze data how do you think um the current pandemic once we get through this will have affected the future work that you'll be doing so the, the work itself may not change what may change is how we achieve it um we we probably the what 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 Personally, now just me would have learned that I don't need to travel so much. Uh, so um, uh, people see me even more often than before. <laughs> even by using, uh, um, as I said, Zoom or, or Skype or any other mechanism. So we, we see you know, even even the iPhones. So uh, FaceTime. So we see each other much more often. We learn. We learn. We adapted to communicate and in, 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 in using this mechanism to to see each other often. Uh, in which we can effectively communicate, and certainly from Google Drive to um, to um, uh, uh, any other, uh, you know, shared drive. Yeah. So we, we adapted very well. So I think they will emerge stronger, also in the sense that we we learn that we can effectively communicate collaborations. I have had so many wonderful meetings on for potential collaborations that we already started, based basically the more time and not traveling, for example. So. I think that we, we, we will emerge stronger and because we can we can really team up in probably better force by the issue of not having a direct physical contact. I, I, don't, I wouldn't call it social distancing. I will call physical distancing. I will say that socially, um, physically, we don't see each other. Yeah. But I think as a community, socially, I would say, at least in our, what I can see is we are even stronger. So socially, we don't use physical contact this way, so we would maybe minimizing physical contact from this point on. Yeah. Uh, many things that can be done at home or anywhere else, like um, a reading, writing, and um, thinking. Uh, maybe the lab is not the right place. And yeah. so maybe you identify your niche where you can be inspired and whatever that is. So maybe it's a coffee shop in the future, maybe right now, especially in UCSD, going to the beach now that they open finally. Um, this on Monday, so um, that can be whatever. So, so you, you, you basically probably what will emerge is that your space uh, will be different. It will not be a physical space defined by your desk and bench. Your space may be something different from where you can achieve your excellence and, and be happy um, in working as a community, maybe in a way that you ne never thought about it because we are so used to do all of this, certainly. Definitely, definitely. I think it, it opens up people's people's minds at the fact that you with the internet with a laptop and, and an internet connection you can change the world. Yeah. Of of course there are some that are not fortunate in terms of internet connection. Yes. It's very, very so it's it's a mix so that, that hopefully in the future this can be fixed, uh, that everybody can have access. So certainly there are some some considerations. Hopefully that will be fixed in the future. Definitely. One last question before I, I let you go. Um, for your, when you look back at your career over the couple past past couple of years, um, how much do you think this, how much your successes are attributed to chance versus um, scientific knowledge? 
I would say the majority are based on chance. <laughs> so based on chance in the sense of um, you are, again, so reading a paper, you are in a meeting, you meet someone and you have some discussions and what the heck, let's do this and, and exploring. So ch chance in the sense, so they are within the core of, of what you want to do essentially or, or, or your, where your heart is. But within that, being open-minded, you identify opportunities. Uh, I would call, wouldn't call it chance, I would say based on opportunities. And, and to move the field forward and the science forward. And many of them are driven, I mean, I won't say all, but many of them, and right now particularly, are driven by the interest of the, of the students. I never, never coming from, from NIH, not being raised and born in academia, I can tell you that, that these rotation students is like cross-pollination. <laughs> so, so because they, they go to one lab, then they go to another lab, then they go to another lab, and hopefully it's an almost like the sorting hat in uh, in Harry Potter. So finally they find the right place, most cases. And um, But that process itself is, is really transfer your science elsewhere and the science from other labs to you, to your lab, um, to your environment. And in, in, in that sense, uh, this is an opportunity never expected before. We have many collaborations with our colleagues here. They started from, from our uh, students say, hey, this can really fit very well because I remember, and then you open this communication. So it's very by chance and, and, or, or based on opportunity. They certainly, um, many are driven based on your own research. Most of the advances are not by confirming, are, are, are basically challenging even your own working hypothesis. So formulating your working hypothesis is beautiful, it's a wonderful exercise, um, and, but quite often the, our breakthroughs, whatever we call breakthrough in our career, or at least my career, are more often from uh, the, when the working hypothesis did not work. So this why uh, it was based on science, based on, on the research, based on thinking, but at the end of the day, the breakthrough came from getting deeper into why the working hypothesis did, did not work, which means that the basis for which we established the, I mean, uh, at NIH now in the extramural, we call the premise. So the premise or the foundation of our working hypothesis may not have been correct. And that has been, and again, so this is part of opportunity, part of being open-minded and, and be ready to embrace a new idea. Definitely, so following the science where it takes you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Sylvia, for your time. Thank so, you. Thank you. Thank Bye. You. Bye, see you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this very special podcast episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We look forward to having you attend the Dr. GPCR Summit held in September. If you'd like to present your work, don't forget to visit drgpcr.com summit 2020 explained. Thank you to Attila Forrest, music and sound by Rosa Bershish. We also want to take a moment to thank our very talented and dedicated science communicators, Shivani Sajdev and Jean Paik. I'm your host, Dr. Yamina Bershish. Thank you for the privilege of your time, and until next time, stay safe.